lot of us are feeling uncertain right now about a treatment for the virus, the health of friends and family, uncertain about our jobs, paying bills, and in some cases, our ability to retire. How are we supposed to respond to this kind of uncertainty? These messages from Cornerstone will point to our certain hope in Christ. wrapping up this series today, and I hope that you've checked out the past uh, episodes, and if you haven't, you can find those on our website, cornerstonechatham.org, or our YouTube channel, or on our Facebook, but I'm going to ask you to repeat this statement just one more time, so whoever's sitting in the room with you, or if you're driving down the road listening to this, uh, just say it out loud to yourself, he's still got the whole world in his hands, and I'm glad of that. Last Sunday night, we had sort of a terrifying experience. At 4 a.m., my wife was awoken from her sleep, and she heard at the front door uh, the door handle uh, moving like it was someone was trying to open it from the outside. It cycled several times. She got up and looked at the glass surrounding the door and peeked out, and she couldn't see who it was, but she just saw someone holding a flashlight who walked off the front porch into the darkness. She immediately went and turned on all the uh, perimeter lights on the exterior of the house and began looking around uh, through the windows. I got up and woke up, and she told me what had happened. And we called 911, and the sheriff came out in just a few minutes. And uh, he drove around the house, shining his light, and came to the front door. By that time, uh, our dog, Buddy the Wonder Dog, he got up, and uh, he went to attack the sheriff. I had to pull him off the sheriff, so it was... Uh, it was kind of a fiasco, you know. Uh, he didn't get the burglar, but uh, he almost got the sheriff. Uh, so it was just one of those frightening events that reminds us that, um, you know, there's, there's some terrifying things that exist around us. And we prepare like you probably you do. You lock your doors at night. Uh, you, uh, you know, you have Buddy, your wonder dog, or your Buddy, your wonder cat. If you, you know, have attack cats, I, I hear people have those. But anyway, uh, you might have uh, uh, you know, other means to protect yourselves. I know we do. Uh, and so you have all these things in place. But at the end of the day, there's always the opportunity for one of your safety measures not to work out. And really, your life is in the hands of the Lord. And, you know, we, we teach that prayer to our kids. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And we have these, you know, we, we say these prayers, but it's only when something very frightening happens that we really begin to consider that God really does have the whole world in his hands. And so um, uh, this is what we're going to, you know, flesh out today, uh, this relationship between the fears that we have and our faith. Um, fear reveals where we have placed our faith. Frightening events have a way of testing uh, what we trust in. 
So fear challenges us to ask the question, uh, who or what is really in control of my life? Uh, If we never face any threat to our lives, uh, why would you need faith in God? If you don't believe in God, then you believe that you have your whole world in your hands. Or you might believe that you're just going to be a victim of fate, whatever happens to you in your life. But for those of us who do believe in God, we're constantly having to challenge ourselves to understand that God really is in control of the world around us. Now, here's another interesting statement, and one that you might reject at first. So I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, look at this statement And it seems odd, but faith, faith requires fear. Now, that doesn't seem to make sense at first, but I think as we look at the gospel of Mark today, you'll understand why I'm saying that. You see, without some terrifying events in our life, without some fearful uh, circumstances that might surround us, why would we even seek to place our faith in any God? the Lord God, for us who are believers. And so we're going to look in the Gospel of Mark. So John Mark recorded the words of Peter. So this is a, uh, an eyewitness account of an event that, that Mark records for us, what Peter experienced. And uh, we're going to discover how a life-threatening event uh, caused fear and led to faith in Jesus. And so the background of this is the disciples and Jesus have been teaching uh, with the multitudes and Jesus uh, needs some rest. And so uh, they all piled in some uh, boats and headed out across the Sea of Galilee. And we're going to pick this up in Mark chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. So the first part of this story, we understand that they're crossing the southern part of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the, the, sea, the sea is surrounded by some, some high plains where uh, hot winds come down off the edge uh, of the plateau, and then they come to that cool water. And, and so it wasn't uncommon to have fierce storms like this. And the disciples were afraid, and it was something to be afraid of, a, a, a big gale where the boat is, is being tossed, tossed around. Uh, they thought they were going to drown. And so then we read, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're going to drown? The disciples' fear caused them to wake up sleeping Jesus. And and, and they're asking, you know, Jesus, don't you care? And you might be asking the same question about God or Jesus right now. Perhaps you might be saying, God, don't you care if, I've, if I lose my job? Or don't you care that I, I can pay my bills? Don't you care? Don't you see what's going on in my life? Uh, don't you care that I can recover what I have lost in my 401k or what I've lost in my retirement plan? Don't you care? Don't you care that, uh, that I can't go back to school? Or don't you care that I've lost, uh, lost this relationship because of this? Or don't you care that I want to get married? Or don't you care that I want to stay married? And so, so anyway, we have the same question. We ask God in frightening circumstances, God, 
Don't you care? As we jump back to this text, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So the first question, why are you afraid? The word afraid here in Greek is dilos, dilos. And so uh, it means to cowardly fear. Like it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's a latch on the door move, moving in the night. You know, it's, like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something sudden that comes up on you and, and you have that sudden wave of, uh, of, of fear and you, and you begin to cower back or, or try to hide. And, and, and so despite all that they had been through with Jesus... They're afraid. They still had not understood him to be God in the flesh. And this is what is meant by Jesus' second question. Do you still have no faith? You see, the fear caused by the storm revealed that the disciples' faith really rested in the storm and not Jesus. They thought the storm was controlling their future. The, the disciples thought that the whole world, their whole world, rested in the storms of, uh, uh, of hands and not Jesus' hands. And so, here's maybe the most important question from this story. Do you believe the storms control your future? Or do you believe Jesus controls your future? hope you can think on that, chew on that for a while, because this is a really important question, probably the most important question from this text for us and applying it to our lives. The storm of COVID-19, like it's a storm, right? The financial storm that's going on around the world, the relationship storm that might be going on in your home because you've been cooped up together for a very long time. Whatever the storm you find yourself in, do you believe the storm is controlling the outcome, or do you believe God is controlling the outcome? Does, does Jesus really have your whole world in his hands? After Jesus quiets the storm, the disciples, they're not relieved. They go from cowardly fear to being absolutely terrified. Listen to what Peter tells us. The disciples were absolutely Terrified. This is the word phobios, was like terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Fear leads to faith. You can't have faith until you understand that there are some things in this world that are beyond your control, and that will cause you fear. The disciples were at first cowardly afraid of the storm. And then they're terrified of Jesus. It's a reverential fear. It's a godly fear. It's a fear that you actually stand behind or, or in front of or at the feet of the person who actually has created all things, who controls all things, who has the whole world in his hands. And so this is the question they're, they're asking that we must ask, that every human must ask when it comes to Jesus. Who is this man? Who is this man? The answer, he's the God-man. God put on flesh and bone, walked on the earth. 
He said, if you want to know the Father, look at me. I and the Father are one, he said. He's the Son of Man. He's, he's, he's a superhuman. He's, he's divine. He, he, he is everything that God is plus flesh and bone. And so, I hope that you have the opportunity before this day ends that you will continue to read chapter 5 of Mark. Because what Mark has done for us, he's put us... Uh, three or I mean four stories together to show Jesus's authority here in the first story that we've read we see that Jesus has authority over nature and the next story uh, the boat will land uh, and they'll meet a, a man who's possessed by many demons he's called the Gezerine demoniac and uh, in that story, Jesus cast out the demons. And uh, when the townspeople hear about this, they come out and they're terrified of Jesus because they were, they were scared of the man who, had, who was demon-possessed. But then when they see the man who is in authority over the demons, they're terrified. Then in the next story, Jesus uh, approaches, uh, is going through a town, uh, going to going to raise a, 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 a young girl who's passed away, uh, Jairus' daughter. But before he gets there, he's in a crowd and he's surrounded by people. And there's a woman who has a terminal disease. And she touches Jesus. And when she realizes that she's been healed, she's terrified because she's met the man who, uh, who could do what no other human could do, and that is heal this disease. And then in the next story, uh, when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter, uh, the, the people are in amazement that this man can raise people from the dead. Who is this man, Jesus? Well, he is the man who has your whole world in his hands. And you see, crouched in the bottom of the boat, these disciples realize that their future is not in the event of the storm. It's not in the fury of the storm. But their future is in the hands of this man, Jesus. They had misplaced fear. Rather than trusting in Jesus, they trusted in a storm. And so, this is really important to grasp. And, and, and you know, if, you're, if this is the first time you're hearing a sermon about Jesus, um, this might not be the very first thing we want you know, you to understand, but it, it really is true that, that we have to have a revel, reverential fear, a godly fear before Christ, before we can call Him Lord. One time Jesus says in Matthew, He says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I know it's not a lovey-dovey type statement, but it's true about Jesus. That the first, one of the very first um, emotions that we will experience when we come to grips with who Jesus is, will be fear. We will recognize that we are worshiping and choosing to follow, or maybe, I hope not, choosing not to follow. We're, we're recognizing that we're looking and talking to and worshiping and giving to and serving to the very creator of all things. And that should cause us to be a little scared. 
a little fear, right? At least a little. I remember when I was a kid, uh, uh, when I was in the situation where someone had done something very harmful to another person, and the person I was with said, don't you fear God? Like, I mean, you're living in a way that you know that God does not approve of. Don't you fear God? And so, only God, only God, has the power of the outcome of all things. Only God. Not humans. Not any organization. And there are scary things that happen in this life, like disease and storms and persecution and death. But none of those things determine our destiny. And that's why we place both our fear and our faith in God. And so, Jesus, Jesus does this, this amazing feat for us to recognize that He is Lord of Lords. So why it's not unusual to be alarmed at someone trying to get in your front door in the middle of the night. It's, it's not unusual for you to be very concerned about COVID-19 or the cancer that you might be diagnosed with or the financial concerns. It's not odd or unusual for you to, uh, to have moments of like, wow, this is really a, this is kind of unsettling. This is, this is a fearful moment. But it's paralyzing to believe that earthly things control the outcome of your future. Because if you don't fear God, you'll, you'll fear everything else in this world. And so, so do you see how liberating it is to have a healthy, reverential fear of Jesus? A faith that saves requires that we fear God more than we fear anything else. And so how do we do this? We keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the captain He's the captain of our lifeboat. He's the captain of the ship. And, and, and you continue to place your entire life into his hands because he is Lord. That means he's king. That means he's boss. That means he's ruler and he's savior. So you hand him your whole financial life. You hand him all your sexuality life. You hand him all your family life. You hand him all your life. And you make him the authority in your life. Because you, rec you recognize that only He controls the future. And so, Jesus modeled this for us in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before He was crucified. Jesus did not want to go to the cross. It was a scary thing to be nailed to a cross and hang naked before all, all humans, right? That was a, that's, that's, that's not, nobody wants to go through that. He did not want to go through that. But here's what He said. Father, I commit myself into your hands. I commit, I, it's not my will be done, it's your will be done. Because here's what Jesus knew. The outcome of all these events that he was going to go through were in the Father's hands. Not, the outcome was not going to be controlled by Pilate. The outcome was not going to be controlled by the Jews. The outcome was not going to be controlled by the centurions. It actually, no, that, the outcome was not controlled by, by them, it was Controlled by the Father in heaven. And so his destiny was not controlled by any human thing or any demonic thing, but only by the Father above. So place your faith 
and Jesus, who rules over all. COVID-19 is a storm, but it does not determine our destiny. We should not live careless lives, but don't shrink in fear. This virus, like so many earthly storms, has trapped some people in fear. But it has also turned the hearts and the minds of other people to look something that's stronger than a virus, that's stronger than any threat to their life, to look to someone who's actually the giver of life, the Lord God in heaven. And so, you see, when you don't fear God, you'll fear all kinds of things in this life. So this storm is an invitation to the unbeliever to step into the boat with Jesus and to realize that he's got it. He's got their whole world in his hands. And for believers who are feeling controlled by fear, recognize that Jesus is controlling the outcome of all these events. So wash your hands, practice social distancing, but most of all, worship the Lord God who holds the outcome of all of these things in his hands. Jesus has your life and Jesus has my life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to just preach this dynamic passage. I'm so encouraged just to read it again and talk about it again. And Father, I pray that you would help us to not trust in the storm, but to trust in you. I pray, Father, that as fears come up in our life, no matter what they are, Father, that we would realize that the outcome of all events is not in the storm that we're looking at, but is in the Father and the Son and the Spirit in whom we worship. Father, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on the web at cornerstonechatham.org.